Welcome to One Nation Radio, hosted by Richard Ladd and James Boyd. If you'd like to become a part of the nation, email us at RadioOneNation at gmail.com. You can contact us using Twitter at One Nation Radio, at DangerRich32, or at James Boyd ONR. We are also on iTunes as well. You can go to OneNationRadio.Podomatic.com and subscribe to the show with the iTunes button on the right-hand side. And after all that, go visit foreverwrestling.tumblr.com for instant streaming, much more. Now that you've heard how to reach us, let's get to the show. One Nation Radio! Welcome back to One Nation Radio. This is our 19th episode. This is your host, Rich. James, what's going on? Not much, man. It's, um, it's sad to see you go. Yeah. We've got uh, golf and NASCAR and baseball, baseball to yeah, look forward to. I think it's time to get back into wrestling pretty heavy. Yeah, gotta catch up on that. But, um. We still do wrestling podcasts, people. Don't worry. We're we just trying to get James all caught up. <laughs> um, I've been keeping up with it. Um, been on Twitter and, you know, interacting with all y'all. Um, shout out to all the Twitter followers. We're actually, you know, gaining some followers. So, um. It's amazing what putting up memes though. Telling you. Um. <laughs> NBA season just came to a close. Uh, what was that, Thursday night? Yeah, um, I was sad to see it go. Um, I'm always like the finals is always bittersweet for me because it's like, oh man, now we got to go through four months without basketball, like or more than that even. And another thing that also kills you is the fact of at that point in time you also have all the like seasonal TV shows out too. So it's like it's definitely just just like the dead zone. Yeah. All you got is all you have are pretty much baseball to depend on during the summer. And that depends. With baseball's popularity right now, it's not really, you know, nothing out there about baseball right now is screaming, watch me. Especially the fact that these pitchers dominating and these batters are getting killed. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we just had a hell of an NBA Finals. Um, a rather lackluster postseason, in my opinion, aside from a couple series. Um, did you want them all to be game sevens? Uh, you know, four out of ten. You know, <laughs> uh, okay. you know, some teams just got to get drugged. You know, I understand that, but it was pretty. You know, eh. but um, NBA Finals, uh, he ended up taking home the title. Um, Spurs ended up blowing the title in uh, Game Six. So, um, just give me your thoughts on the first five games and what you saw through the first five games, James. Um, the first five games, you pretty much saw everybody have their their moment. Um, whether it be the first or the second round, I'm sorry, I'm tripping. The second quarter of the first game, when Duncan puts uh, the Spurs on their back, Tony Parker comes through with the with the crazy clutch shot, which I swore if it went out, that he would have came down and won, or went to overtime at least. Uh, game two, uh, you had the thirty. Was it thirty-three or thirty-five? Thirty-five. Thirty-three to five run. Thirty-three to five run based off of LeBron just wiping the floor with guys and shooters. You have um, game three where Gary Neal and and Danny Green Danny go Green all time. Out. Yeah, they just go nuts. Danny Green on the way to setting the finals record in five games and most three points made and didn't show up. And, and through five games, yeah, he was the finals MVP. Yeah, Dan Lovatar said it best. He thought it was a five. Danny Green must have thought it was a five game series. Yeah. Um, game four, you have Dwayne Wade in a gotta have situation. Um, Hop him out of the coffin. Along 
LeBron, they both come out there and give you the one-two punch game. Along with Bosh also playing probably with the dunk defensive play on Duncan also. And at one, the rim. One of his one of his best two-way performances I've ever seen him play. All right. Uh, you, then you get the game five and you know um, you had San Antonio pull away and the Heat made a bit of a run, but they could, they ran out of gas at the end and also in San Antonio, so it sets up the the three two lead going back to Miami and everybody's thinking you know Shades two thousand eleven again. Yep. And um, it, and you know you you know talk you know radio and ESPN and you hear it. You know, what's going on with Rowan's team? Should, should Dwayne play less? Should he play more? Should he be on the floor? Should he take as many shots while he's on the floor? Um, should LeBron attack more? Should he sh- shoot from the perimeter? You know, all kind of stuff. Should Chris Bosch get more involved? Right. You know, all, all the things. All legitimate, you know, all legitimate things based on, you know. What you've seen, what you've seen so far in yeah. the series, yeah. Um, what I was thinking through the first, like, game, a couple of games, like, um, I felt like the Spurs, like, they were just going to out-execute them, um, like, in game one. I just felt like they out-executed them, and, you know, they had that, that crazy shot. It didn't hurt, you know, that it went in, but at that point, it put them up four. There was so. a four-minute stretch in the fourth quarter where the Heat didn't score a single point, and they, their offenses went off the rails, and that's when it enabled them to come back. Right. Um, Duncan, basically, you know, showing his greatness. Um, it was some uh, was a long-time Tim Duncan fan. That I I enjoyed a lot um, watching how he basically said, "Fuck this, I'm <laughs> I'm about to show up and, and ball." Um, he was giving Birdman and Bosch all kinds of work uh, throughout Game One. Um, game Two, I was in I was in absolute shock when the Heat just blew the game open like that. And and I you know Pop has that quick leash. Well, like, oh really? Is out of hand? Come sit down. Like we don't need to run y'all out there and destroy your confidence even further. You guys are gonna watch this and remember this. Um, game three, Gary Neal and Danny Green put on a show. Um, LeBron gets this whole the whole passive thing going, and through the first three games, I don't know what was wrong with them, but it it looked a hell of a lot different from games four through seven than one through three. To me, to me, as far as from an offensive, as far as a scoring standpoint, LeBron had. Three or he had two in game one, the fourth quarter, and the chunk of game, uh, the chunk of the third. He really only played about three to four good quarters through uh, offensively as far as scoring mm-hmm. in the first three games mm-hmm. by his standard in the playoffs. Um, so that was a little weird, you know. Uh, he had a triple double. He had a he had eighteen eighteen um and it was eighteen eighteen ten or eighteen eighteen eleven yeah. double in the first game, but. Um, a lot of it came down to it seemed to me like he was tired from the last series and a lot of stuff dealing with trying to go through all the screens with Tony Parker and trying to get accustomed to that. Right. He like he was gassed. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's on him. We win, we give him praise. He loses, he got he has to take the bullet for it. You know, regardless of whatever happens, is ultimately, as he said, um, no different know, from every other great player. Yeah. yeah. Um, game four, I I touted kind of is the disrespect game like um Popovich I think to a point got pretty arrogant and with Wade and DL well he got pretty arrogant thinking he could throw Tiago Splitter on Wade and Wade was like oh really and then that set off something inside him and I don't think Wade's exactly a player you want to piss off no 
Um, and then he was feeling it, and that he had that one of the signature moments in the finals where he did his um, that wrap around with the right hand and then dunk on the fast break, um, and it was it was shocking to see. Just like looking at Wade and me always being a huge Dwayne Wade detractor and ready to write him off at any you know anytime there's slippage or cracks, and um, and he and he and he gives you a good reason to. It's it's, it's not just you know. This bull, like he'll come out there and give you five points in the game. You know he'll come give you ten points back to back in a, in a game in a series. But he found a way to turn it on in game four, and it was it was refreshing to to see LeBron not have to do it by himself, which is what he you know he tried to get away from Cleveland for, and you know he ended up almost basically doing that anyway. It's so funny it was ironic, I thought. As much of a LeBron fan that I've been, you know, throughout his career. And me always feeling like he never had enough help. Watching Dwayne Wade these last three postseasons, where he checked, where you know injuries, whatever, his attitude or his, just his game being on or off, just just him not having it some of these times. And, and if they lose, it makes me so frustrated. It's like, you know, Dwayne Wade. I understand he won early, but he he's always had this pass to just get him through, and it's like enough was enough. If LeBron James actually had played the way the Wayne Wade has played in reverse, we'd be killing LeBron forever in eternity. We we it's, it's just a double standard, I understand, but I mean when he comes through it's like we always go back to it's just like Oh, oh now you want to try hard. Yeah, to me it's almost, it's a weird thing, like like at what point like why don't you turn over on that side of the bed every time you can? Yeah. Or is it thinking where he's picking his spots or we'll never know, but it's something always it's something to think about. All right, and then you know, game five happens, and I feel like the Spurs just you know they just win a game, uh, and they they basically shut Miami down in the second half. Like you know, that was a microcosm of and the first four games. Finally got a Ginobili game. Yeah, and the last you know modern Ginobili game before they uh, made that <laughs> deposit into his bank account. They meaning the Miami Heat, you know. <laughs> you, sound, you sound bitter, Rich. You sound bitter. <laughs> you know, I, I I've been you know I've been trying to hold my tongue, you know, as far as with the you know. You know, you should hear him on like we had these phone conversations and like as far as prep and sometimes we'll get had these talks that are pretty much just like these shows except obviously a little bit more humorous and because they're more of a visceral reaction and a lot of times it's more like a rehashing of something we've already talked about. But Rich was um, after Game Six he was distraught. He like he couldn't believe it. Just like the most most of the world couldn't believe that that happened. Uh, I was I was in absolute disbelief. He came to the series saying that the Spurs are going to win in six because he goes because based off the format, Rich believes that if you're the middle, that is built for the middle uh, three team to win that has um, this on the road starting out because uh, all you got to do is get a split and make sure it doesn't go to game seven. Um, Which is like pretty it pretty damn near happened. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a believer. I'm a believer in if it's close. The only way that. The only way that the road team wins has middle three is they have to get a split in the first two. Otherwise, they're cooked. Yep. So, like, like the whole series was playing out exactly as I, you know, kind of figured it for the road team and until the last 30 seconds of the game. Like, let's <laughs> let, game, six. game six. But I'm going to talk about game six as a whole. Like, we got to see Duncan come out there and absolutely black out in the first half. He was like 25 and 10 25 in the first and half. 10 the first half. He ended up um, a little gas and a little bit forgotten about in the second half. Um, 
I would. I was rooting so hard for the Spurs to win. I'm just gonna say it. You know, I am a Miami Heat hater. Um, it's time to turn heel. It's time. It's time to turn heel. I'm turning heel on air. I'm so um, proud of you for admitting. You know, it, it, it ain't no use. Ain't no use in hiding it. You know. Um, if you guys, if you guys want to go back and check my personal Twitter at Dangerous32, you would have been pretty entertained throughout these finals. Um, but. Watching the second half, they're up by 10, they're up by 12, and then, you know, Popovich's like, okay, we can get Duncan a blow. Oh, we'll take him out of the game. Woo. Man, we, 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 how do we, how are we going to win this? All of a sudden, anything with Tiago Splitter that could go bad in those last two and a half games did. Any lineup with Tiago Splitter on the floor was well, awful. It wasn't even just, it was throughout the whole series. Like, he only had, like, maybe, maybe three. Two, two or three and stretches. And we didn't te- talk about the block either. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. we only had that's what I was getting to. Like only like two or three stretches he had on the floor where he didn't look like at, where he wasn't getting cannibalized by their defense. It just he was so he got to the point to where when he would come up and set a high ball screen and then roll or slip the screen, he would catch the ball and not even look to put the ball down or figure out where he was. He just caught it and put the ball up in the air because he was so he got it stripped from him so many times by bringing it down. Yep. That he, he didn't know what to do. It was it was it was almost like maybe the stage was too big for him for him. And then you have you know the game to you know the lot I don't know hand of God block um, from LeBron. Like Tiago Splitter, like almost like if I was a Spurs fan, like Tiago Splitter would have to show me one if I ever saw. Him. <laughs> like hey, you Tiago Splitter, hold this. And, and you know, and at the same time, I felt like everybody else in that. He had to leave. He had to. He, he couldn't play anymore. They had to put in Diaw, and Diaw did a surprisingly good job of, of guarding LeBron when he was in. But the defense obviously packed behind him. But at the same time, you can't have Diaw out here running as your center while Duncan. When at the time, the, yeah. the few minutes that Duncan sits, where it's eight minutes where he's going to like sit LeBron, down. LeBron immediately goes to the rim. They hit a three. That's what, exactly what he did. That's exactly what he did. Um, at the beginning of the fourth quarter of games six and seven, and with that being said, they still were going to lose at that point. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. fast forward to the last thirty seconds. Um, Kawhi Leonard, who had an epic series. I'm sorry, no, no, twenty-eight point two seconds. Okay, twenty-eight. Yeah, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me for messing up. That lets you know how uh, even more. Of, I'll, I'll remember twenty-eight point two seconds, up five. Oh my God! If you remember, what are the, the Tim Duncan the thing? The ropes. Jesus. The ropes around. The rope game. How about we call it that? The rope game. You should have heard Mickey Harrison on Dan Lambert's show talking about how mad they got when they saw those ropes. Not mad, but how he'll always remember the fact of those ropes being there, and how everybody saw those gold ropes, saw those yellow ropes, and thought about it immediately. Everybody on the team thought about 2011, how bad it felt for the Mavs to win Game Six on their home court, and they didn't, and they didn't want that to happen again. Yeah. And then. And Kawhi Leonard misses a, misses a free throw. Um, who held it down for brothers with braids, James? Um, you know yeah. the whole series. Uh, he you know he misses one or two free. Th- or excuse me, no, it was Ginobili first. Who goes to the line and shoots a rather you know no one's kind of paying attention because everyone's assuming it's, it's over. over. And then he he goes one of two and there you know he leaves the door just cracked. Um, they they come down. LeBron hits a. LeBron misses the shot first. They get it back to him. Then he makes a three. Correct. They foul Kawhi Leonard. 
Kawhi Leonard goes to the line for the biggest free throws of his career. All right, pause this right here. Now, at this point, Bomani brought this up, and it's a great point. Uh, he, at that point, you look at the pressure and the fact of, you go into it and you think about the Spurs, and this has also been a misnomer for the past two years. Um, everybody's, you know, you, you look at the Spurs and you see the calling card, you see, you see Duncan, Parker, Ginobili, and you think this is an old veteran team. To the most part, with well, your stars being that, being through that many battles, that many wars, and have persevered and won three of them, mm-hmm. you understand, yes, they have experience. But behind those three guys are, to, are Danny Greens, is Gary Neal's, it's Kawhi Leonard's. It's Tiago Splitters. These guys are relatively young. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Especially Leonard. This is his second year in the league. He's 21 or 22, right? 21. He's 21. At that point in time, and I'm, you know, I, I hate looking at body language, you know, but at the same time, looking at him, one will believe that you see that all, all of that that I just mentioned going across his face of, oh, my God, I have to make these two free throws. I'm making these two. I'm shooting these free throws not for me. I'm shooting these free throws for Duncan. Yeah. And he clinks the first one, and then he makes the second one. And then you still think, okay, they're down five. With they're down five now. With well, they're down three at that point. Or they're down three. Yeah. It does. You're still thinking, okay, well, they all right. Just, well, just, just stay in front of the, the shooters. The odds of them coming down here and making a three, you know, is is just. The Osmond is very low. Not anyway. awful. But at that point, after the Ginobili shot, they literally had a 98.6 chance of winning. Now, flash forward back after after the mate. They go into the timeout. Duncan, uh, Popovich takes out Duncan. Um, people are, you know, debate whether or not they think that's a good idea because Bosch so happens to get the rebound after the fact off the two um, threes. Now, my thing is this. The same thing comes down with the Hibbert thing um, that happened in game one. LeBron the game winner. You say you want to keep Hibbert in because he because he he would have contested the shot or whatever you want to say, or you want to say you keep Duncan in so he can grab a, a board. I understand what you're saying, but it's also playing the result because the process is the thing that out is they have five shooter space on the floor. Duncan has to get out from the paint to guard one of those guys off a switch. Do you want to trust that he's going to grab a rebound, or you want to trust that, he, or what's more likely to happen that he's going to that somebody's going, to, he, whoever he's supposed to guard is going to get open and get by him and get a shot or what have you? Mm-hmm. I, I don't have, I don't really blame Popovich for taking him out in that situation. Yeah, and then they get the desired result because they missed the first shot. Like Both LeBron, times. Le, 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 Both Le, times. yeah, LeBron Le, missed the first, missed the first three after the, after the Ginobili uh, free throws. And so I've been getting the rebound, get it back, makes a shot. Comes down, misses misses the three pointer. Bosch comes out, makes the three pointer. Then you have Ray Allen, who's in the paint next to Bosch, and he's at the scramble office. Obviously, which he is, says one dribble and a long step back. Like which is what happens all the time. Which happens all the time after office off, off a long shot off offensive off offensive board. It's a scramble. Everybody's crashing boards, whatever, and then you never know what happens, especially in the mix of. The chaos of this is a, this is on the line for the title. Ray yeah. Allen runs, sprints back. He gives it off the Bosch. He takes one dribble. He never looks down to see if his feet are actually behind the line. He just knows his feet are behind the line. It's almost like the Reggie Miller, the presence of mind to, to go yeah. back. Three pointer from the right corner, splash with five seconds left, and it's a tie ball game. 
And at that point, like the arena, like the the lid comes off the arena. The yeah. Spurs, like, like all, like they're officially out the coffin. Like the coffin game, the rope game, however you want to describe it. Like I, that game was a was a classic because it was it was over so many different times yeah. for both teams. I called it. You know, we all um, all the guys we see here in that group chat. We run in group chats, and I forgot at what point in the third quarter. Just like in in the in um, game five, when the Heat or the Spurs had made their gigantic run, and they were up by double digits plus. This is six, you're saying. Game six. Six and yeah. five. Both okay. times, I called it. Like, we were at Wing House on Sunday for game five. They were up, like, 15, when somewhere in the third quarter. I was like, it's over. The amount of injury it's going to take for them to come back is going to wear out, and then the, the Spurs still are going to score X amount of points for them to still pe- win the game because the run is going to come off of playing cr- ridiculous defense for get- the offense turning just, just igniting on fire is going to take the defense yeah. to turn up to a level level. It's going to kill as much all the energy they have, and then they they can't even be able to stop it at the end. I thought the same thing would happen in Game Six, and it did until it just went to hell. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and also the headband. Um, oh, you really? You know the headband. The headband. Like, also known as the headband game. You know, you can put any nickname on this Miller, game. The Mike Miller missing the shoe game, too? Yeah, the Mike Miller missing the shoe game. You can put any any uh, type of nickname on this game that you want. Um, the Mino Ginobili turnover game. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Six yeah. seven. <laughs> Mino Ginobili taking his eyes off the ball. Like, if I believe correctly, he's... Tony Parker's six of 23 game, you know? If I believe correctly. Danny Green, Danny Starks, you know? <laughs> if Manu had, what, 12 or 13 uh, turnovers in the last two games. Then you throw in Parker going, as you said, 6 for 23 in game 6. He goes 3 for 12 in game 7. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's weird. It, it's just like, I mean. Game 7 now. All right, who won the game 7 to where, you know. Oh, and Kawhi Leonard scores every overtime point of the, for the Spurs, by the way. Yes, after he missing all free five. Throw. All five, yes, he did. Um. Devastating loss. Um, I proclaim worst loss I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Worst loss I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen. I, I've never. I, I've never seen a team that close to winning a title ever, and just not win it. Yeah. Ever. And, and then like, I sent a meme out with uh, the uh, the old Undertaker with the purple gloves out to all the guys. I was like, still more alive than the San Antonio Spurs. Like uh, I felt like they were dead in the water. I was gonna I was gonna root my heart heart out for them, the- but. Even then, like, they come out there, like, this is a tribute to them as professionals, them not believing, you know, the hype, um, them coming out there and still having a chance to win, even though they kind of look like a defeated team throughout throughout Game 7. Um, what, a, what do you make of the decision, you know, it's easy to sit here and say, oh, they should have guarded him, you know, so he can't spray all those threes. But what do you say to the, to the decision to sag off LeBron, um, for that amount of time, and then Shane Battier catching the Holy Ghost also, and look, you know, it took LeBron what um it took. I'm sorry, it just it took him up until the last four quarters of the se- of the seven game series for him to start shooting like this. Mm-hmm. It worked. It worked until it didn't. Like. It, if you if, if you're if your thing is we're going to pack the paint with with all these shooters sag off of sag off of LeBron sag off of Wade 
killed them to the point to where their best two players have a negative plus minus with both of them on the floor throughout the series, you're taking that. Mm-hmm. You, you short-circuited them. I, you, got, you got three good games out of way in the series. You had LeBron play awful in game three. You had him not play well for most of game two. You take that. Mm-hmm. You take it. Um, I mean, Mono Ginobili had. You had the title. You had the title. You had you take it. it. You don't even get to a game seven on like any. Is it? Is that was like the it was like the Madden game. Like you, you play a sports video game and the game just executively decides you're not winning it cheats. <laughs> that's what happened. With, that's what happened. How, how, how many times does that happen to you, James? You know, it happens. It happens. <laughs> it's happened to me. Game. It's happened to me a lot as I got older. Like when I was younger, I would dominate the, the video game. All of a sudden, the video game started saying, "Oh, really? Y'all just gonna dominate us? All right, you know." And so, it started getting smarter. So, but I digress. They won. One, they won the one game. The Heat won the one game in that situation that you win out of a hundred, literally out of a hundred. Yeah, maybe a thousand. God bless him. <laughs> God bless him. Brian, when when somebody shoots a terrible shot and he goes in, God bless him. Go back up the court. Yeah. Like, um, game seven, Manu Ginobili turns the ball over. In the worst times, he melted down. So like, he, he's just, you know, he catches the ball, starts moving, the ball flies out into the third row. <laughs> um, the the foul, you know, in game six, the Bosch block. The backcourt violation. Yeah, the backcourt violation, um, the travel foul, um, in game six, yeah, time. and him just being—I was just questioning him being the primary decision maker. Um, was Parker that tired at that point? He, to be honest, after he went on that run, that five-zero run that, that we thought closed the game in game six. Yeah. Going back to that bench, he Bro, looked exhausted. T- Tony Parker looked like Jordan on that play. <laughs> like that, like I sent, I sent out that text. Did you, did you get that text? I don't think I did. I was like, man, like he got that steal. He he hit the 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 three. The, the he got the steal. three. He got a three to steal. Then that like got in the paint or whatever. I was like, Tony Parker looks like Michael Jordan I, out I, here, I, like <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I was you. like, he looks like Jordan out here, like ready to steal this in Game Six on the road, so, you know. <laughs> uh, he looked exhausted. I, I mean, they took him out um, the first time because they were worried about. Uh, the last two pos- heat possessions in regu- in the um, in the regulation, uh-huh. they took him out because because one adjustment the the Heat made were the mon- I'm sorry the um, Parker getting screened on to Jan- guard James instead of Kawhi Leonard via the Chalmers um, LeBron screens and it worked pretty good and it, you know Parker's never been a great defender so they took him out in favor of putting more size in there, so he ended up getting switched on to, like, Ginobili. Um, LeBron ended up getting switched to Ginobili on offense. So, it, it worked It worked one time. They go back up to court. The last time it happened, there's no, they're out of timeouts at that point in time. Or, no, they did, they, they pocketed one of the timeouts. And Ginobili has a tur- the turnover. Mm-hmm. I'm in overtime. I'm sorry, this is overtime. And, at that point, you play a percentage of, okay, Mondo goes down. He gets something in. He gets some what I was calling timeout to set the Heat's defense. You rather just run, trust Mondo, a guy that's you know you've won three titles with. 
when, when, when one trusts what they know too much. And then you got to keep in mind, just two days ago, he had a great game. Just two days ago. What were the chances? Look, that was the first thing I said. Well, is he going to play like that next game? Because that's what I said about Wade. Well, it wasn't even necessarily thinking of playing that way. It's just, you know, just don't suck. Just, yeah, don't, just don't suck. Just don't suck. <laughs> just don't suck. Um, yeah, like game seven, um, like LeBron comes out there and, and hits all the, a litany of shots, which I think is a, a, a tribute to his own hard work to become, you know, put himself in that position to be able to trust himself. Like you said, you know, he was one of the best shooters in the league this year. I think you could pretty much throw those stats out in the finals because it's a different ball game. Correct. But um, it's a tribute to his hard work, which is something that anyone should be able to appreciate, whether you're a detractor like myself. Because or Because he, he was a below-average shooter from mid-range and deep in from three for, for a good chunk of his career at the beginning. Yeah. And, he's, and, he's and that's something we've seen every pretty much legend do. Get a jumper. Get a yeah. jumper. You know, Carl Go Malone, ahead. got a jumper. Besides who? Go ahead. Huh? Besides who? Dwayne Wade. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Dwayne Wade's any better than he was in 2006 right now. So, <laughs> um, you know, yeah, like, <laughs> you know, Dwayne Wade. Um, but how did you feel as a uh, LeBron fan to see him get to raise that, um, that the second title and second finals MVP? To me, um, it doesn't – it. Uh, I mean, depending, like, if I listen to Beloved Heart a lot on the radio, local, um, his Miami Station radio, so I get a lot of take on, like, the Miami Centric um, side, like, down there, just period, how their fans react to things. And to them, it's kind of a weird way, is almost, this one almost feels better to them than, this, than the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, because it feels like, a, I know it's the beginning of, maybe it's the beginning of a dynasty as a feel. Or basically, it shuts everybody up forever as far as criticizers. Mm-hmm. For the mo- as far as legitimate criticism, mm-hmm. um, because when we first point, you know, me when the decision first happened, all of us we were together we were like for thinking they all they all died for the four years of this experiment. They happened to win at least two. Mm-hmm. They win one or zero is a disappointment. But zero is an absolute failure. They should all retire. <laughs> um, but if they win two, then you know they did good. They did. They they that gives them. They done well. They done well. They did enough. Um, now next year they have a shot for three. We'll so, see. Is that fourth one? It but, is. Yeah, yeah, four finals. Trips four finals in trips in a row. But it's tough. But for me, ask us about it. But for me, seeing him against. This team, this team full of guys that like with Parker and Duncan, especially Duncan, knowing that me and you were talking about it, I said to you, I thought I told you before the season, before the series started, I thought I had Miami in seven, and I said I feel like it's going to be, they're going to come down. I think at some point halfway in the middle of the series, I said to you, before Game Five, I said to you, if the Heat win Game Five and it's three two, come back to Miami, you want to get the Tim Duncan game. They, they we got it anyway. We got it anyway. It exists. I was thinking like in the time of desperation is gonna come to where Tim Duncan's gonna go nuts and you and you have to do it and that's gonna be an L you took. And he gave you the Tim Duncan Mac Daddy game in the first half he came and gave you it and so and they still dodge it. Like that's that's still one um, that's gonna be like the thing that's gonna be forgotten about that game. Speaking of dodging the way that they dodged that hook shot in Game Seven, like they switched 
a six eight two hundred fifteen pound guy onto him, and Duncan goes Patrick Ewing. This is the right hook that I've seen him make literally. Anybody who's watched basketball for the last sixteen years has watched him make a hundred times. Like hundreds I, of times. I was like, oh my god, he missed! Like, like literally losing my mind. Like, like. Like this is a lie that I just watched. Like this isn't real. Like <laughs> and, at this, and, at that, and at this point, after watching that happen, and then LeBron comes, you knew they were done. Out, and he makes the um, the jumper from the right elbow, and immediately sunk on me. And, I, and my first reaction wasn't that I was so happy for LeBron getting second one and Wade getting his third and everything. Being that this is a team I've watched, so I watched this basketball team since LeBron's got here more than any other basketball, NBA basketball team ever. Hmm. Um. Aside from maybe the 2000 Kobe Shaq Lakers, um, and the thing that hit me wasn't joy or be, or being happy or whatever. It was just feeling so bad for Tim Duncan. Yep. Um, that this guy, like, I, I'm the person that holds a grudge as a as a kid. Like I always held grudges against um like the guys that were wrestling hills at the time, um like the bad guys. And it stuck with me in that, you know, I come to regret and respect and I ultimately at the end, like, miss him at the end of career and I still watch wrestling. Um, Duncan is pretty much like, for me, going up against the, the Shaq and Kobe Lakers, he was the ultimate hill for me. And, you know... And you being like a kind of, like a Kevin Garnett kind of... And also being a KG over Garnett guy, too. That's another thing to add feel to it. That That's why, that's another reason why. So then you... And I, felt, I felt a sort of a vindication because I remember, like, upon first meeting all y'all, it was like me... Arguing against like, like six of y'all because we hated them. Like, and I, and I was, and I was like, if y'all are basketball fans, how can y'all not understand this? Like, (laughs) you you already heard my argument. My whole thing is like, if you want to argue about like what have you, he always had a better. He always ended up having a better situation where he grew into it and learned. Like, that's no knock against him. Like, it is what it is. At this point in time, um, he was afforded more um, opportunities to be successful than Garnett was earlier on, and. so there you have it, but um, you throw in like going back looking now over how long, great he's been for so long. So like I see, I I told y'all he was this great. Like <laughs> it's not that he was, he was this great. It was a thing of I mean, and instead of me like him having our respect through hate, and I guess more of an appreciation now. Yeah. And to see that you know this guy, you know they could they probably should have been in the finals last year had it not been for. Um, the, that crazy Abaka and Perkins game, um, they would have been in the finals again. Right. Um, two years in a row, this has been their second finals after, you know, we've written them off, written them off five years in a row. Yep. First and, time I ever wrote them off was in 2008, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, it was just, to see him miss that shot, and that's the first thing, that just, I've seen him make that shot a million times. It's, 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 it's just like seeing, you know, the players that you grew up watching, and all of a sudden they look exactly like how they always looked to you. I mean, it makes no sense to you why they look exactly the same as they always looked when they were great, and then why aren't they great all the time like they always were? Yeah. Like, it was shocking to see him miss that over a 6'8 guy. Meanwhile, I've seen him I've seen him make some of the most ridiculous sh- falling down shots from the from the elbow, hook over. Three-pointers. Three, yeah, three-pointers and sending games in overtime. Um, for him to miss that, and then... And then him missed the tip back 
It was heartbreaking. And then, you know, watch him, you know, he buried his, you know, he you know, he covered his face with the jersey on the way back. And then he slaps the floor, he like. He time out. He covers his face with the towel. He, he you know, he folds, he folds, he bumps up the towel. He, he, you know, he wants to throw the towel in frustration and he just stops. And then he, he just sitting there covers his face and his hands. And then he After ab- what we saw in the press, the, the post-game press conference in game six where he looked defeated. Yeah. And then Game Seven, watching him, you know, say that this is always going to haunt him. This is like one of the greatest winners in NBA history. Like he's going to die with this feeling. To like. me, <laughs> to me, he's always been this guy that's. Um, you never really know a lot about him. People call him a power forward, and I always vehemently disagree with people about that because you look at the history of the NBA. Power forwards don't win like Tim Duncan has won over his career. He's a goddamn winner. He's a center. Like you look at him, one of the great, greatest players of all time, and half of them are centers. He's a center. That's why. That's one another reason why I feel that way. That he's a center. Um, and it, it, to me, that's what, that's what that's what washed over me visually more than LeBron winning again. Like after that, after that point, it just seemed kind of anticlimactic. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll talk about. Um the the post game you know I saw Birdman with the Larry O'Brien trophy and I almost wanted to turn the <laughs> table over um, just <laughs> uh, talk about some of the guys uh Spolster didn't play he didn't play Norris Cole the last two games nope. Birdman missed time Birdman in the series did, he got a DNP in what two games two games in a row and then he played it, in six and seven and I felt like Spolster was kind of you know throwing shit at the wall and seeing what stuck. Basically, well, the thing was, Mike Miller, you ain't hitting threes. We're yanking you. Like, <laughs> come out the game. Game seven, yeah. yeah. Making threes, they put in Batty after they had benched Batty in favor for Miller in yep. the last round against Indiana because Batty had short circuited. And um, you know, Haslam, they set him down at the end. Haslam only getting in in game seven, getting in in game seven because of um the foul trouble from from Bosch early. Bosch came through and didn't score a single point in a game seven. Yeah. Seven rebounds. And this is a weird game. Like Chalmers was their third leading scorer, the second or was a third or fourth leading scorer. He goes one for seven from three. He makes it. He makes the, the crazy three um, from when the Spurs were up two after the, I believe the Gary Neal shot. He comes down. He banks in a three that he did not mean to bank in. I, I saw Gary Neal throughout this whole series make ridiculous make and then just walk away, just like yeah, you know, I do this, you know. Yeah. Yeah, like that man, he'll take a jump shot all water, like shooting from the volleyball lines, yeah. almost like. Like the shot he hit over LeBron from like thirty feet away, like yeah. on that guy, like, <laughs> like. You understand if you miss this shot, Popovich is not gonna play the rest of the series, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. You yeah. make it. You better make it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was an epic series and all. Um, you know, I hold the 2010 Finals in great regard, seeing as how it was our you know last Lakers championship um, t- until the next one. But um, it's it's an all time great series we just saw. Yeah. And I felt like you know I told James this earlier. It didn't feel like a game seven to me. It felt like there was just gonna be another game after it, like because it was like it was a. Can we just you know is like I, what's the next chapter on this? And like, I thought about that. I think the reason why I felt like that is because the guys were so exhausted in game seven. Mm-hmm. Especially like they like they had to. Because I felt like they had to not had to get their legs underneath them in the first quarter, and then by the fourth time the fourth quarter came around, they were so exhausted, and by the time the Heat 
like LeBron kept making those shots. It didn't. It didn't really feel it, like a war to me. Like the like because, game seven in twenty ten, that felt like a war. It, but, like, is that, <laughs> but is that because those teams hate each other? It could be because yeah, keep in mind like this is one of the weirdest finals I've ever seen. Like out of all of like the big series that he'd have been in this run that they've had three uh, finals runs, this is the team. This is like the least. You know stuff where the least amount of like anything happened, and like Wade said at the end of the game, um, <laughs> that was funny. I never, I, I still don't know what the Kawhi Leonard's voice sounds like. Yeah, he's like they just they, they don't even say nothing. They, they just, kick your butt. They just kick your butt exactly. <laughs> and you know both ways is um, Pop is one of the few people to even give in NBA circles to even give Bradley any congratulations when he got all three of those guys. Yeah. Um. And he's like, it's two, you know, it's Riley and it's Popovich and R.C. Buford and, you know, seven Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. Seven Hall of Famers. Uh, you know, probably a future Hall of Fame coach or already another Hall of Fame coach. Hall of Fame GM slash coach upstairs. I mean, it can't get any more star studded than that. Other than the location of where San Antonio happens to be, that's about it. Rest in peace to the Spurs of Boring shit. Like if you're talking about like the the pre two thousand three team yeah. when they were just they were just dumping it into Robinson and dunking over and over and over and they finna and they're finna hook you to death. You know, they finna post it finna block you. Yeah, and Bruce death. Bowen corner I, three I, I, you. Can, I can understand that, but Rest not, in peace to that Spurs boring shit. Like I felt like it's it's almost like in wrestling, like like they put the Miami Heat over, but I felt like the Spurs were just the stars of the series. Like, sorry. This was but like, <laughs> and losing they finally get the respect they yeah. were always do. Yeah. It's it's just like wrestling. It's almost. a retro it's a retrospect thing. Like they're they're gonna be looked at and appreciated more. Um than a win ever could do for them. Yeah. Which is stupid. <laughs> makes no <laughs> makes no damn sense, but that's what it is. Forty-two minutes. Our first segment. We're gonna wrap it up here, and we're gonna come back and talk about Kanye West and the Yeezus album. <laughs> um, on that note, I am a god. One Nation Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.